The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, coming to you live once again with my great friend Sue Timberlake. I'm still alive, too. Yes. (laughs) And uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Our producer. uh, Settle down, Mike. Extraordinaire. Right. Oh, no, wait. John Radamus. John Radamus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we are back live in the studio, and I am relearning all the faders and everything as we go. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. And, and, and everybody's levels and everything, because someone's louder than I've remembered. What do you mean? <laughs> I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just trying to speak clearly into the microphone and keep my face pointed at it the way you always used to tell me when we were doing this live. So, you know, because uh, I, I, you know, I could talk over here like this. Anyway, it's so great to be in the studio <laughs> looking at your shiny faces. I was going to say, that, is that disappointment I see? <laughs> so, uh, well, I hope our listeners aren't disappointed and um, they can get in touch with us in a few different ways to let us know yay or nay. Uh, email is civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, Facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. And at civilpoliticsfm is our uh, Twitter handle. You can also find our website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com with previous episodes of the show and supplementals uh, like our extended conversations with people like uh, the mayors of Northampton and East Hampton and uh, the I, I can't remember the name of our guest two weeks ago, who was from the National Coalition for Incarcerated and Formerly Incarcerated Women and Girls. Uh, Ms. Mes- uh, Ms. Mesnick. Thank you. Uh, I th- appreciate her coming on the show. I can't remember her name off the top it's of my COVID head. COVID brain. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. That's, that's yeah, what's sure. going on. Yeah, that's it. I thought the vaccine protected me. <laughs> anyway, speaking of social media, uh, I want to take just a moment to do something that we don't normally do here on, on civil politics. And that is savor in a bit of schadenfreude. Donald Trump has been banned for the next two years from Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Really going for it, huh? Yeah, I, uh, well, I, no shock, I don't like the man. Uh, I also, I also think um, that he incites uh, violence and he appeals to the worst angels in our natures and uh, 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 that, that he often just spreads lies. And I think it's particularly noteworthy that he is fading in influence and I think to some extent in, in support 
uh, because he's not able to just throw whatever he wants to say up on Twitter or whenever he wants to. So, so did you hear, was it Flynn's remarks the other day about how there should be... Uh, Retired General Michael Flynn? Yeah. And do you think that freedom of speech or threatening the sitting president or what do you what do you think about so, those comments if you so, remember them uh if i recall correctly uh there was a a maga rally of some kind some kind of trumpista rally it was a more of a QAnon. that was a steel kind of thing right because q anon and, and trump support are totally unrelated <laughs> but no, not michael Steele. Different steal you're talking about. Right. right. This yeah. is, you know, yeah. stealing the election. Yeah. Oh, stealing the election. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. Stop the steal. Oh, yeah. well, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. also Michael Steele, but. Well, no, he's not. He's he's totally against. Um, he's he's in the he's the party of six <laughs> in the Republican Party that, you know, we're against the sixth. Is he still part of the Republican Party? No, he, I don't believe he is. Yeah, I think he, well, I think he voted he was for the Biden chairman. anyways. Yeah. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I, look, anyway. I, I'm, I, I'm with you. There's a certain amount of grading on a curve that's happening here. I'm not a fan of Michael Steele, but he certainly- Or Lynn Cheney. Uh, oh, I'm definitely not a fan of Lynn Cheney. Yeah, seriously. I but, mean- But there, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Mitt Romney, but there are- Curves to grade on and like being on the, hey, how about we not have uh, treason and armed revolt? Uh, that would be good. You know, that's the right side of a really important dividing line. And I, I fully recognize and celebrate uh, all Republicans who are on the correct side of that. Do you hear that tear, tearing <laughs> sound in the Republican Party as the schism deepens? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do. Um what was and that? A diet of worms? Was that a the like, diet of worms? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, there was schism. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, let, let's not get into into European Reformation politics. I don't think it's relevant. I don't remember it well enough to actually get it right. Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I threw that out there, but you know, it was just bait. Thank God you didn't yeah, take yeah. it. <laughs> Last thing we need is the defenestration of Florence. Uh, anyway, um, so. Uh, General Michael Flynn, who was uh, one time head of the uh, U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency and uh, later for a brief time Donald Trump's national security advisor and then a uh, – And convicted- Obama warned about him that they shouldn't hire yeah. him. Yeah. So Obama had some experience with and, him too. And, and a convicted felon <laughs> who's been pardoned by our our, uh, our previous White he House person. He was pardoned. Are you still convicted? I don't know. I think it. He it, was convicted. I think the part the, the conviction has been legally expunged, so it's he. You know, he doesn't have to yeah. say I am a former felon, but yeah, because the other way they do it is commute. But he got a pardon, right. pardon, as yeah. far as I know. Yeah, yeah. and and you you know like you know the the things that happened still happened. It's just do they count legally? Is what the pardon does. You know, um, what an interesting paradigm. Yes. Well, and and so General Flynn, uh, uh, somebody asked him a question uh, about uh, the recent military coup in Myanmar, the one that uh, uh, deposed the the frail civilian government of Aung San Suu Kyi. And he said, that's a really great – he said something like, that's a really great idea. And it could certainly happen here. And it should. Should, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've seen some speculation that uh, he might be prosecuted under the – U.S. Military Code of Justice, because in theory, anyways, it still applies to him, even as a retired general. Um, certainly, if he were still in uniform, advocating a military coup or saying a military coup would be a good thing would be a court-martialable offense. I mean, that that is absolutely 100% not something you can say <laughs> if you're in the U.S. military. Um, 
one of the one of the great virtues of the US military at least a great virtue of it if if it has at least one is that it is very committed to civilian control it is very the, the culture of it is very opposed to sort of military dictatorship uh at least an overt one i mean you can make arguments about how the US is a brutal military power and they're not wrong <laughs> uh you know there's a reason why people's hearts were buried at Wounded Knee and, uh, 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 you know, we burned down half of Vietnam and all kinds of other things we've done. But um, Yeah, and General Mattis actually wrote a book or co-edited a book about civilian control that was published sometime before he was ever a twinkle in Donald Trump's eye for... Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty good. It was actually sort of laid out all the arguments for that. I don't remember most of it, but it, yeah. it was... COVID um, brain, right? <laughs> yeah, COVID brain. Yeah. Well, I haven't read it, so you're <laughs> yeah. one up on me. Well, <laughs> so share it, your insight. <laughs> well, it was just, it was very interesting because he, he got a, the waiver because he'd been a general too recently. Mm -hmm. And they just, didn't they just do it for another general? Yes, the current Secretary of Defense, his yeah. name I'm forgetting right now, but... Um, <laughs> what is with your COVID... Everything COVID brain. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything COVID brain. This yeah. is that's yeah. the name of the episode now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's the recall. It's like you, we you don't have it right at the tip of your tongue because we haven't been schmoozing every week. So. Right, and I'm not doing this at a computer, so I can't be typing on a laptop to look up things. As oh, I go. good point. Yeah. See, I always do it from memory if I have it, so. <laughs> which is why I never do. And you guys always have to <laughs> doing the best. Yeah, but sort of an interesting. Um, argument, and I will look forward to seeing what actually happens legally with Flynn because well, I, I find it so I, offensive. I don't. He well, I don't think the, as a law. And there was Republican. a recent court ruling which makes absolute sense that, like, uh, if you're not in the army anymore, the army can't prosecute you under the military code of justice because you've left the army. You but know? they can call you back. You, well, you, if he's been called back and he does that, in, and he does something that you know violates that the, that military law. While he's serving again, that's a different matter. But you know, mm. they, they, they. I, I, I agree with it. I don't think there's any legal basis to to pursue him under military law for advocating for a coup. Uh, I think he deserves to be ridiculed, shamed, and everything else. Um, and I don't I know that as a civilian president. He, I thought there was some sort of anti. There's there's some laws that have he to didn't do threaten with, the president. Yeah, he didn't. He, he he. This is this is pro, this should be protected speech. It's offensive and horrible. It's it, and it's close to the line. There it's, is a line for advocating, line. Yeah. Uh, you know, actual armed uh, armed acts of violence uh, and sedition. Absolutely, but he didn't do that. Yeah. He just said, like someone asked him, like, "Oh, what do you think about this?" And he's like, "Oh, it should happen here," but he didn't really like call for it to happen. He didn't plan anything. There was nothing concrete. It's it, it was an it was it was a really stupid and horrible opinion. But yeah, it's but a rhetorical dog whistle. Wasn't wasn't he in the uh, Homeland Security Department when they didn't send people to help at, on the uh, January 6th? I thought he was one of the, the no, big ones. No, no, no. He, he hasn't been in the in government for a while. No, he, I thought was, they had some he's senior been, advisors there, no. and I thought he was one of them. No, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't no, think so. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't be served. Wrong. Or his in, brother? Was it brother? Oh, I think his brother might be involved. Yeah, yes, I think his, his brother's brother. in the chain of command. <gasps> Oh, I got one right. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, but no, General Flynn, Michael Flynn was not, uh, you know, I don't think he's been having had any official position since 2017, you know, and until recently he was uh, a convicted felon. 
So, you know, we're going to let him run around doing things. Yeah. His brother is, was part of the whole thing. Um, and, uh, but yeah, he's, he hasn't been involved with the executive branch or anything for a while now. Um, I mean, since he, you know, got convicted of a crime, uh, but this is, this is something important. Um, we need to be very, very, very careful about what speech we police and what speech we don't. Some speech can be dangerous, but it, we, we shouldn't try to find ways to punish people for what they say. And this is just this, because we don't like them. Right. And this is, um, so one of the <clears throat> constant sort of eye rolling, of course, you know, like like talking points that we lefties go on about is how you right wingers, you Republicans, you I shake my fist at you, you know. But I mean, how there's a, a, a lot of uh, uh, sort of right wing discourse about how you know our free speech and cancel culture and the lefties are snowflakes and whatnot. Um, and I don't see a lot of uh, you know uh, left wingers actually like you know throwing people out of their jobs at college campuses and whatnot but um there was a recent instance not over hate speech uh well maybe over hate speech uh so there was a recent uh incident that just sort of wrapped up at stanford one of their law students uh uh the at the end of january published a flyer that basically advertised an event on on january 5th so like it was you know Three, three weeks later, he, he, he created a fake event and it said, uh, the Federalist Society Symposium on the Originalist Basis for Armed Insurrection. And I think he had Josh Hawley and I think the Lieutenant Governor of yep, Texas, Greg yep, Abbott. All the ones that were the key, yeah, oh, right, brilliant, right. sort of like Onion, something that Onion would do. Right. So Sweet. basically like giving their arguments for how the ends justify the means. Jonathan Swifting him or Swifting right, him. Right, right, yeah. exactly. And and the Federalist Society, you know, yeah. saying like, you know, you know, while it might seem that uh, a, a, a violent uprising would subvert the Constitution, uh, traditionally, it has, you know, uh, 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 a, a military coup has been a way of uh, cre- of enforcing limited government. Yep. So, and is the founding principle of the of something the country? Like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. brilliant. So, <laughs> so and, now are they in trouble? And so, someone <laughs> who, uh, uh, someone anonymous. Uh, from the Federalist Society said this is uh, defaming us and yeah. impersonating us. Libel, yeah, and and it, and, and <laughs> or slander, libel, uh, libel, I think. Yeah. But yeah, like, it, but it violates the student code of conduct to do this. And so Stanford was gonna uh, investigate the guy, suspend his his graduation and diploma and everything. And you know, as the media storm kicked up, people were like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Yeah, and Stanford, yeah. you know, uh, like the. Craven institution, it is back down. Freedom to parody, right? Exactly. But I mean, this is this is a great example of uh, free speech, and uh, yet another example of how uh, does one thing that uh, uh, the hardcore uh, conservatives in the Federalist Society and people like them don't like. It's being told. It's being made fun of. So having their stupidity exposed. Genre would usually jump in here and say that it's not the government, so free speech doesn't really apply. Sure. What? <laughs> it isn't the government, Stanford. And so free free speech, you can say that, you know, people should express their ideas and all that, but freedom of speech as a specific right. But as the laws right. of California specifically apply, 
in this case, uh, and this is, uh, as I was just listening to a, a, a rundown on opening arguments, uh, uh, California, at the behest of uh, uh, some aggravated Republicans back in the uh, early 90s, passed a law that basically said uh, colleges like, you know, universities like Stanford can't restrict student speech any more than, you know, uh, they'd be able to restrict the speech of anybody else. Like the same free speech rights have to apply. And that apparently was in response to a uh, university uh, uh, sort of uh, speech code basically said, you can't say uh, racially or ethnically or religiously or, you know, you know, otherwise uh, offensive things to somebody. You you can't use Jewish slurs to a Jewish person. You can't use gay slurs, you know, direct them at a, a, a gay person. So like, you know, as we're starting to bring in, you know, black people onto a campus for the first time, you can't go around telling them, you know, making offensive remarks to them. Um, you can say all the racist things you want uh, amongst yourselves, but you can't actually confront, uh, you know, people with them. And that was deemed uh, too far. So, <laughs> so they got brushed back, and then they get brushed back. We got brushed back by our own law. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you? Uh, I mean, that sort of reminds me. And maybe was there something you were about to say? I couldn't tell. If... Uh, no, I... it's been so long since I've had to actually <laughs> look at you face to face and try and work with you. So it's like, wait, is distracting, that distracting? The... Isn't it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> is that the? Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> People at work, I don't even look at them anymore, you know, because they just, I don't you know, a little, yeah. <laughs> little mask. And <laughs> we're all vaccinated here, I guess. I am. Yeah, me yep. too. Yep. Uh, so there was, I don't know if you guys listened to President Biden's address in Tulsa. I miss that. I think I must have caught some pieces at the 11 o'clock news, but I didn't sit and, usually I would sit and listen to all of it, but... I've been very busy at work. I actually worked through this whole thing. So. Well, I thought it was I thought it was very good. Um, and I, there was actually one bit since I actually for once thought I'd try and prepare ahead of time. A, a bit that I don't have a timestamp, otherwise I'd, I'd have John replay the quote. But um, uh, President Biden said, uh, "We do ourselves no favors by pretending that none of this, as in the the, the horrible massacre in Tulsa a hundred years ago, that none of this ever happened or doesn't impact us today." because it does still impact us today. We can't just choose to learn what we want to know and not what we should know. We should know the good, the bad, everything. That's what great nations do. They come to terms with their dark sides. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. And, uh, uh, President Biden also went on to talk about how... And it wasn't the only place that happened. It happened in Wilmington, North Carolina, too. They wiped out a oh, town. Oh, yeah. No, it... It, yeah. it, it was it was sort of amazing. I w was down there for a soccer tournament a couple of years ago, and one of the local folks told us the whole history, and we were just, oh, we yes. were just shocked. He, he mentioned that President Biden earlier in the speech referred to how, uh, you know, there was a KKK rally in the streets of Washington, D.C., uh, I think in 1915, and he mentioned that 37 members of the House of Representatives were open members of the Klan. Five senators were open members of the Klan. <laughs> it's just wow, yeah. you know. But um, uh, 
President Biden, another point in the speech said, imagine a thriving Greenwood in North Tulsa for the last hundred years, what that would have meant for all of Tulsa, including the white community. While the people of Greenwood rebuilt again in the years after the massacre didn't last. Eventually, neighborhoods were redlined on maps, locking black Tulsans out of home ownership. A highway was built right through the heart of the community. Uh, and that bit on the transcript is inaudible, but... Um, Anyway, so he's 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 pointing out how um, uh, the destruction of this prosperous, thriving neighborhood. Uh, obviously, the people who lived there were the most direct victims, but even the the, the white Tulsans who did it, you know, were still stabbing themselves to get at these people they they hated, these people yeah. they wouldn't see as their fellow Americans. That you know the the. The destruction of Greenwood diminished all of Tulsa and diminished the whole of the United States and the world. And um, I really like how he ties uh, learning those lessons and facing those hard truths with things like, you know, we have these new policies that Pre Vice President Harris and I are charging, are, 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 are leading the charge with to- Integrate into all the policies and bills we well, have. Well, to, yeah. to, to fix this, to try and uh, allow, you know, black families to start building intergenerational wealth the way families like mine have. Um, so- yeah, I thought we it was should, really we should good. talk about redlining for two seconds because I think yeah. there's a um, layman's version of what redlining is, and that you know mm -hmm. certain people can be in certain neighborhoods, but the original term was actually a banking term. Yes, and it was where you wouldn't loan money, so it wasn't so much as a red line around a neighborhood about the people. It was that you wouldn't give any money or loan any money, even though you took money from those communities. Right, and there was a big move in the seventies to I stop. Stop a lot of the redlining that existed in Boston. It was amazing. Right. So. Now, I don't. I don't sure it worked very well. But that red line originally, I believe, came from maps that were drawn up by the Fair Housing Administration of the of under Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and mm. sort of they drew red That's lines. Right. Or, oh, thank you, John. We're sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it. It it is a it was a banking term because you would uh, when a black family or black person came into the bank and wanted a, a loan, they and they wanted a a house outside of certain areas, then they would deny the loan. They denied loans even within the yeah, area. Yeah, but too. they would. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they it was would. The lack of getting being able to get a loan. Yeah, yeah. They they would deny. But um, if you so basically the redlined area is where they would funnel people yes. into into the um. Well, I think that thing. was the effect. And, and, but the the the. The what the bankers were actually doing because my dad did a lot of work on this. What the bankers were actually doing is that they just certain kinds of businesses they wouldn't loan to, and right. and certain well, and they geographic areas. Well, and yeah, they wouldn't lend to people who wanted to buy homes within areas that had been sort of classified as you know I forget what the terminology was, but basically high these, risk. These these it neighborhoods are undesirable according to the maps from the housing administration, mm -hmm. and they would draw red lines around those areas. Mm -hmm. So anything inside the red line. Yeah, Does, know, we're not going to lend any money to. And when you it. It's my, my recollection, anyways. It's been yeah. ten years since uh, I've heard about this. When uh, looking up the the just the specific oh, definition. Oh, Wikipedia. Oh, I hate oh, yeah. it when you guys do Wikipedia. Why? <laughs> because people just put stuff in there. It isn't always. That it's actual. actually. That's I true. Mean, it isn't always. But on it the isn't other hand, all, I mean the the thing, and this is something with with Wikipedia. And a lot of young people in, put stuff in that don't have the history. In terms, and just as a resource, okay. just to say, okay. in terms of getting an overview 
of a subject, not specific like I'm going to cite this in a paper, but as a starting point, as a general for general definitions and explanations, it is a good resource. You all obviously with anything online, you need to make sure that it's correct. However, I know this is right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to say something on the radio that's that I don't know is is correct or I would preface that. So redlining (laughs) systemic denial of various services to residents of specific, often racially associated neighborhoods or communities, either explicitly or through the selective raising of prices. While the best known examples of redlining have involved denial of financial services, such as banking and insurance, other services such as healthcare and even supermarkets were denied to residents. In the case of retail businesses like supermarkets purposely, purposely uh, locating stores in practically far away from targeted residents resulted in a redlining effect. That is food deserts. And that doesn't yeah. disagree with what I said because originally it was banking. Yeah. And it's and then it oh yeah it, it amplifies. It is, yeah, it is a you but, were correct. Yeah. The Oh my God. I okay, want to that's expand it. Where's on the that. mic I can drop? The th- <laughs> don't like the, the mics are okay. Anybody that <laughs> wants to drop a mic physically, don't do that. Mics are incredibly expensive. He's smiling Mike. Anyway, <laughs> so what I'm what I, I wanted tell. to what I want to make sure that everybody knows is that um where it started and the the specific granular definition in this context is not as important as the effect and the um and the and the systemic problems that that arose. So we need to remember that it wasn't just a banking term. It arose from a thing, but we need to remember that it's much that broader than that now. It's much broader, and it got much broader very quickly, and uh, because it was an outbranch. So, anyway, uh, and bankers so, control everything. So. Yeah, yes. uh, let's hope not. Let's I not, don't think <laughs> bankers control everything, but the the rich people certainly have a lot. Oh, of influence the golden and, rule. Yeah, he who has the gold makes the rules. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> yep. So, so the economy's doing better. Actually, so, so this reminds me just a little thing I just I just read. I don't know if it's uh, something we'll, we'll want to riff on or whatever, but we're almost at the halfway point. So I'm, I'm just going to share a little observation I came across on the Twitter that I was like, oh, that makes total sense. And I hadn't thought of it that way, but it, it crystallized something I'd, I'd sort of been, I'd noticed without noticing I'd noticed for years, which is that... Um, if you look at money, the history of money, um, you know, having some kind of medium of exchange, uh, a lot of it starts, you know, it tends to start with credit, with contracts, with agreements, like I owe you this and you owe me that. And that's, you know, in, in ancient Mesopotamia, that's sort of the the root of the, of you know, the writing system. The and tablets, yeah. It's like you make a note like, oh, this is our... You know, we have these little tokens representing sheep, and this is how many sheep I'm going to pay you, and we seal them up in this little clay thing, and that's what we, you know, and that's what it is. And like when when the contract's done, we break it open and we, you know, we hand them over and we're done. Uh, you know, it'd be handy if we wrote on the little thing what's actually in there, because otherwise we could get them confused. So we put little symbols for sheep, and then it's like, you know, do we actually need to put the sheep tokens in there? No, we don't. And it's like, hey, you know, the, sh- the word for sheep, and you know, and so on and so forth. It's sort of that's how. Uh, the writing system sort of evolved over time in uh, Mesopotamia. But how it started on a granular level isn't as important as how it is today. I'm just quoting genre. I, 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 I don't disagree. 
But the reason, so what I'm. Hi, John. I'm so sorry to come back. <laughs> come back with it. So no, it's true. I'm. <laughs> I have a lot to do now. We're I know we're bothering <laughs> you. Busy. He's trying to keep us on the air and with good sound and references and everything. He is amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Mike. <laughs> He's such a clever boy. Um, Ooh. <laughs> good lad. Um, so uh, this show will only be a half an hour if we keep this up, right? <laughs> The station will come out first. Oh, so, so the tokens and money. Where were right. we going? So, so um, there was, um, and uh, coinage is uh, famously dated back to the the the, the kings of Lydia, like you know, in uh, what's now Turkey, and so forth. Um, so, but sort of, there's this tension between basically like uh, commerce as credit, you know, and like, hey, we I owe you this and whatever, and we have chains of reciprocal relationships and whatnot, versus uh, uh, wealth as bullion, as cash and carry. I have this object which has a value we agree upon, or it's something I can just plain old sell you. You know, like you've, you'll, you'll NFTs, because uh, currency I, is really a non fungible because the dollar bill, right, or the gold coin. Um, it, sure. In lieu of whatever the sheep was, got it. Okay. Well, so but so the point is, uh, you can have like a system of relationships of debts and 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 payments and uh, agreements and so forth and contracts um which can be traced which people can understand you know and it's like I owe you this oh but uh you owe that to somebody else so I'll actually pay him for you and we'll be I'll be square and you know all that kind of stuff um so uh the point was that um when you have uh, instability in society, people are more interested in coins, in cash and carry, something they can just stick in a suitcase and carry with them and isn't dependent- That keeps its value. Right. Well, that isn't dependent as much on uh, a, a network of relationships. And because, uh, well, so it's because we now have Bitcoin, we have electronic currencies- that are function as like a, 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 a an online version of gold coins that we now have this rash of ransomware attacks like we've made it possible for people to 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 do these things with untraceable cash without actually having to do the thing where it's like I'll meet you at the parking lot and you give me the suitcase full of cash or you because, give me the two sheep and I'll give you the right. tractor but I mean you know <laughs> the, the FBI is pretty good at catching people who do the the briefcase full of money handoff but it's much harder to stop somebody who's sending data to who knows where. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, we are going to take a short break. Thank you, John. Uh, this, we're going to play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. Uh, but we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. The Lilly Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lilly Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lillylibrary.org. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres. 
and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical courses off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. For the best in electro, new wave, funk, and dance, tune in to Subculture, Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Listen from your computer, iPad, or phone by tuning in to valleyfreeradio.org. Subculture, Friday nights, here on WXOJ. You have the right to know. The right to know about culture. The right to know about the economy. The right to know about technology and to know about sports. You have the right to know about education and politics and the weather. You have the right to know what's happening abroad and in your backyard. But above all else, you have the right to know that this right is under attack and we must work to protect it. Because in order to be free, we must be informed. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. As the COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may be asking yourself, should I get it? Will it help me get back to doing the things I love, like meeting friends or traveling? And can I do it without putting my family at risk? You've got questions. That's normal. So visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for the latest information on the COVID-19 vaccines. Getting back to the moments we miss starts with getting informed. It's up to you. A message brought to you by the Ad Council and the CDC. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and experiences connect through conversation, and it feels good. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together. Start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still talking with Sue Timberlake and Jonah Roberts. And Jonah has, uh, Jonah, you want to get us kicked off on the second half of the show here with the, uh, well, you want to, you want to talk about something. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, there was an interview with, with a former Obama official about, um, America, basically America's place in the world. And he has a book and I wanted to read a, a passage from it. Um, he was talking to an activist and he was asking about how someone uh, gets into power. Like, and 
this is this is what they said. When elections through right-wing populism that taps into people's outrage over the corruption and inequities wrought by unbridled, unbridled globalization, enrich corrupt oligarchs who in turn fund your politics, create a vast partisan propaganda machine, redraw parliamentary districts to entrench your party in power, pack the courts with right-wing judges and erode the independence of the rule of law, keep, bi keep big business on your side with low taxes and favorable treatment, uh, demonize your uh, political opponents through social media and disinformation, attack civil society as a tool of George Soros, cast yourself as the sole legitimate defender of national security, wrap the whole project in a Christian nationalist message that taps into the, into the longing for a great past. Offer a sense of belonging for the disaffected masses, relentlessly attack the other immigrants, Muslims, and liberal elites. Now, I ask you, I know we talked about it over the break, but as I'm describing that. That sounds like us. It does. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? He is in Hungary. He is talking about Viktor Orban and how he, became, how he came to power. It is in a, in a book. Um, and I just want to say also, uh, when, we're, when we're talking about books or or things like that. I uh, am a very slow reader. I stay away from, from prose books. I actually got this book because it, it sounded so interesting. It's called After the Fall, Being American in the World We've Created. So the, the, one of the main points he was making in this book is that... Did you uh, say that was Ben, ben Rhodes? Ben Rhodes. He was a for, he's a former Obama... Um, person, uh, advisor person. So what he was saying is like, after Trump got, a, got inaugurated, he just got the hell out of Dodge. He just didn't want to be an American anymore. <laughs> so we traveled, he traveled around trying to like, as a, um, envoy and, and, and like different things as a private citizen. And basically what he came to was talking to people in different um, dictatorships and, and uh, authoritarian regimes, things. He went to Myanmar and he went to uh, Hungary and he went to Cuba. And uh, he, he, the point is that authoritarianism, nationalism is more of a, more of the standard than a break of the rule. Now we, we think that we've progressed past that and the world is, is moving towards democracy and moving towards pluralism. But uh, that is a something that we always have to push against nationalism, like blood and soil kind of stuff that we were, we've experienced. Um, this is, and Viktor Orban is the basically dictator of Hungary. Uh, and he basically, he actually was a more of a liberal back in the early nineties and now he's a nationalist. Sheep and um, wolf's clothing. Yeah. I mean wolf and sheep's clothing. Something might have changed in, in in but he but it's it was I, I was listening to an, an interview in NPR with uh, about this and I will post it on the website and on the Facebook and Twitter in just a second but the I thought the 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 thing that struck me was at the end of the interview he's um Ari Shapiro asked him, so what do you, what have you taken away from this? And he said that he growing up, 
Um, and he's basically like about the same age as me. Um, so in my generation, Mike's generation, like we grew up through the nineties and the eighties and, um, this explosion of quote unquote democracy and unbridled capitalism and everything. And there was this sense of American exceptionalism that we, that, that I know I've always kind of had in the back of my head less so now but still and it's it, it there is there is the the important thought that this is it, it's not that democracy and pluralism and everything is going to happen it's something that can happen if we work on it all the time like the 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 curve of history bending towards justice that's because we are pulling on that on that and doing the work that entropy is towards nationalism yes. and tribalism and- exactly that is what you fall into and when someone's trying to consolidate power uh, and when we're talking about fascism that is a con- like a right wing effect uh a response to liberalism or a response to the 2008 crash as it happened in Hungary. This is something that we have to remember as Americans and as Americans, we are incredibly positive. We have an incredible positive outlook on it. Literally everything. We think it's always going to go well in our favor. Exactly. And we need to remember that that isn't True. Did you see the look on Mike's face? I think we just called him back from his. What happened? Thoughts. Wait, things aren't going to be okay. Are, are, are you sure? I mean, for it you, probably work. it's fine. It takes work. But, uh, oh well, it, it takes work to avoid the yeah. chaos and the. Uh, was it the descent when, into our natural? Tendencies? Yeah, when with, when there's a lot of chaos and when when there's a lot of anger, fear, fear then that is when the dark side swoops in and the uh the darkness is ever present you need to create light and this is something i've been thinking about for the past couple days like you need to we need to work at it and if you want to think about america as like the if you want to think about the idea of america kind of like captain america captain america doesn't represent america as it is it represents america as he thinks that it should be aspirational aspirational yeah the idea of america even though the idea of america of all men created equals you know a guy that owns slaves a bunch of guys that own slaves <laughs> not all so, of them but yeah yeah a bunch like of a whole that's bunch a pretty amazing and thought the yeah. person who wrote that word wrote those words definitely owns yeah. Slaves. yeah oh yeah definitely so i i, I wanted to present that I, I know that took a little while, but I wanted to present that it to you guys. It was an important thought, given the times we're in, and that we started with Trump being banned for two years from social media. And, you know, do the systems fight back, sort of, the authoritarianism and nationalism? Funny thing about that, just to put um, something else I will post, uh, Facebook initially indefinitely suspended Trump. The the review board that Facebook, the independent review board that Facebook Im- implemented, they reviewed their that policy and said, no, 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 you can uh, you can kick someone off for up to two years, and then after that two years, you you need to reassess. So he is kicked off for two years, starting on January seventh of this year, and in two years, uh, 
whatever that is. I don't know, math. January seventh um, of twenty twenty three. Thank you. So, um, so after the next midterm election, yes, after that, then they will reassess and see if how, how convenient. Hmm? <laughs> see, oh. I would have gone for six years, like a senator's term. You know, if you're going to pick a time, you know, pick a. That's what the yeah. that's what they said. I mean, yeah, you and know, they were trying to refine it so it was more specific, right? Exactly. They were fixing their and they their rescinded the the policy of hate speech from politicians. So usually, politicians weren't kicked off of uh, Facebook for perceived hate speech. Now they can be. Oh, that's interesting. Very interesting. I have yeah. to think about that some more. So now I give the I give this subject to you guys. <laughs> Well, what do you I, think? I do think that the inner nature of man is kind of scary sometimes. Well, I I I think one thing uh, John was gone back to his computer, and so <laughs> as we talk about things, he'll be throwing up references and links uh, on Twitter and Facebook using the hashtag Civil References. Oh, like we used to live. Yes, <laughs> and we so, get tweets and stuff too live, right? For the, uh, let's hope so for the folks scoring at home. Um, How many things can genre do at one time? Uh, <laughs> Everything. Let's Everything. let let's see. Uh, I've got some balls for him to juggle here too. So, <clears throat> so I I would say I would say that it's worth remembering that when we talk about human nature, uh, a lot of times people uh, say that it just just sort of invoke like ah, and humans are terrible. And humans can be terrible. We can be the worst. It's true, but also. Uh, it is human nature to care about other people, to tell stories, to come together, to form families and bonds of of, of friendship and affection, um, to uh, give everything we have for uh, ideals that we believe in. And uh, it, that's a terrible thing when those ideas are monstrous. You know, like the people who were diehard Nazis, you know, like, like, oh, no, the Third Reich is done. Hitler has killed himself. So I will, too. It's like, all right, well, good riddance to you. But I mean, you know, it's the same impulse. It's like I will lay down my life for my brother you know, or whatever. Um, One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. Sure. And uh, I think it's worth noting that uh, sometimes, you know, both labels are absolutely appropriate. Uh, John Brown. Uh, one of, I think, one of the most important figures in American history and one who, in a lot of ways, I agree with. But John Brown was a hardcore religious, I guess you could, you could call him a fundamentalist, but certainly he was an extremely religious man who was a, he was a zealot. Almost a fanatic, perhaps. Yeah. No, a fanatic. <laughs> yeah, that's a good term. He was a religious fanatic who committed an act of terrorism uh, in, in an attempt to uh, uh, bring down uh, slavery in the United States. He tried to foment a slave uprising uh, and uh, or at very least uh, create a, a large sort of army of uh, rebels who would retreat into the, 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 the mountains, the Allegheny Mountains, and strike at uh, southern slave plantations. That was his avowed goal in raiding Harper's Ferry. Um, that that it was an act of terrorism. You know, he he had the the idea of of making political change through violence and fear. Um, it was the right political change to make. Uh, you know, I've, ends versus means. Yeah, right. Well, you yep. know, and and his argument was like. Uh, uh, 
you know, I was a pacifist for a lot of my life. You know, he was brought up and it by it didn't work. Yeah, he was brought up by a, a pacifist abolitionist. You know, it's like like I believe, you know, it's violence is terrible, but it's the only seemings to be the only thing that'll work. And it's hard to say he was wrong given how events played out. Um so I I would say that um Human nature is a is a difficult thing to pin down, <clears throat> and uh, our nature as a species has evolved over millions of years, uh, and it's only been in the last tiny fraction of that, the last few thousand, that we've had these moments of humans living in large population groups and not in small tribe, not in right, yeah. not in small uh, uh, tribal communities, not in you know often nomadic groups, but certainly. You know, groups of people who you know were sort of large clans or whatever, and fear of the fear of the uh, stranger a little bit. Well, yeah. maybe there'd be fear of the stranger. Maybe there'd be interest in the stranger. But it was all small groups of people, so it was kind of low stakes. <clears throat> but we've gone from living in groups of tens of thousands in uh, you know agricultural communities with walls made of mud brick or whatever uh, to a global society with, you know, inter with intercontinental communication, instant communication, and uh, uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles, and satellites, and uh, biotech, and uh, and we and still have feudal lords, right? <laughs> or people acting as feudal lords if they could. So um, those captains of industry, I think. Well, yes, <laughs> I, that's actually a really good point. Um, I mean, if you, oh my God, that's two tonight. I'm like, yeah, yeah. right once well, and one good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how much you've, you've, you've read about this, but I mean, like, you know, the rise of feudalism in Europe sort of goes back in part to the breakdown of the Western Roman empire. And increasingly it's like, well, we can't trust the central authority. So like people, you know, the, the rich and powerful will be like, well, we're going to consolidate things in our estates. I'm going to trust a televangelist. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't have or televangelists back then. No, no, but, I meant now. This oh, is yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's the equivalent. Well, well, or or the or the political party that's you know. But the 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 or QAnon that the makes me feel safe. Decentralized, like you know, the the rich and powerful persons basically going to have it their way because they're controlling all all the resources that matter. Like that is a parallel, and it was you know started with arguably Rome's patrician class, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that I I, I can't explain. Uh, coherently, even if we had, I wanted to take the time, but, um, so the, 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 just the, the point is like, um, we're used to dealing with small groups of people and on a small scale, it's hard to think about how we want to come together and live as Americans, you know, for as example, disparate as we are. Right, and there's three hundred. And we pride ourselves on the dis in the in the yeah. <clears throat> right, as I I I can't remember boiling if, pot or melting pot. Right, melting pot. Did I mention this actually last week? I can't remember, but part of the I don't really listen to you. Well, <laughs> neither do I. So uh, that's that's no one. Just probably all our listeners have, have, have zoned out too. Good time to go get something out of the fridge. Exactly. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Oh my! God. Yeah. <laughs> I would it's, melting pot is kind of a I like boiling pot. It's well, no melt melting pot, boiling pot. That 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 really accentuates the um uh that doesn't really accentuate pluralism. 
or multiculturalism that is we're going to boil the heck out of you and if yeah, you survive boil you down into <laughs> well i think of it as competing you know interests and in that it hmm. you know people get trounced on and people rise to the top i that's why yeah. i think of boiling pot cuz it feels more accurate to me but well yeah i know the a, term is originally melting pot well i mean if you're talking about like how it separates people yeah that that's that is i mean a this very country it, it you know sort of we try and force Sue, people you to you are 4 for 4 yeah, Hustling look at you. And, yeah, yeah. Which <laughs> I we agree can with do you, Sue. Because <laughs> I agree with you. We're all here in person. Oh, that's scary. Without I, I need to go now. I guess I don't know. <laughs> you well, need to we go all... get a lottery ticket. That's what you need to do. <laughs> I'm just so tired. I'm not editing a thing, so I apologize. Well, and we are going to have to wrap up soon, so we will be be heading out soon. And, and you can get your lottery ticket. But um, uh. The, the tendency to be crabs in a bucket is definitely uh, a thing that eating each other, p- picking each other's arms off, or or yeah. or just like I'm doing well, so I bet you want to do better, so you're Let trying me to climb crawl over on me. top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Got it. Um, but the whole idea of the nation state, like what made Germany Germany, what made Italy Italy? Well, it's we're all Germans. We all speak German. We have similar culture. We all speak some form of Italian. We're all culturally That homeland similar. statement right, exactly. scares so, me because that's right. what but I, I mean, think of. That, is- that's what came together because, you know, up until the 19th century, what's now Germany and what's now Italy were a whole mess of different territories and and political units, uh, you know, principalities and duchies and free cities and whatever. Uh, so... On the one hand, it's a more expansive vision. It's like, no, why should we be just some random, you know, some Habsburg feudal possession? We're all Germans. Let's all be Germans together. But on the other hand, it's like, well, now that we're all Germans together, let's get the French. Because, you know, (laughs) F the French. God. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know. Bien sûr. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we will go there and we will take their baguettes and their fine croissant and other elements of excellent pastry. But I am tired. <laughs> Indeed. So um, I'll go for German engineering any day. Uh, okay. So and other stereotypes. I mean, that is really that's what people do, right? In that they 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 create a, a vision of what the culture means sort of, and then they, right. they sort of stick to it like glue. L- like the Eiffel Tower to celebrate French engineering. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what's cool about the United States uh, in part is that the idea of like, what makes you American? It's not like, well, we're all Americans and we speak American. I mean, there are people who say that, but it's, it's not true. It's not, <laughs> well, it's not true. And uh, that, that code of, you know, we are all created equal. That sense of that we're all humans together, and that's all you need to be an American. It's it's a hard road to hoe, and it's easy to fall back. But yeah, high standard, very I, high standard. It's it's one I believe in, and uh, and someday we'll be ready to found the United Federation of Planets if we stick with it. So I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> Still need the bell riots. We're a few years late for that. Uh, well, I mean, you know. Uh, let's see what Avery Brooks is doing. Maybe he's free. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hear the music, so it's time for us to wrap Unbelievable. up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Our first live show in a year. <laughs> yeah, more, isn't it? Actually, more than a year. More yeah. Than a year. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you all for listening to our first live show in more than a year here on Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next is Subculture followed by uh, Table of Contents with Mark at 10 and OK Asia with uh, uh, DJ Panic at midnight. 
And uh, yeah, then we'll have a podcast of the show going up on the services on Monday morning. We'll have a repeat airing on Monday afternoon here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, go to our website to listen to this all over again whenever you like. Have us on constant loop and repeat. <laughs> We are on on many podcast services, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, everything like that. So, mm-hmm. And Facebook, unlike a certain former president. <laughs> oh, if you get a chance, Stephen Colbert doesn't say Trump's name. Yeah. But it, he his listeners have sent in other names, and so he just peppers oh, them right. in the thing. It's right. so fun. It's, it's really good. fun. Yeah. Colbert's great. Sorry. Anyway, so that's going to wrap up. Our uh, first post-vaccinated show here on uh, 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 Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. And I just want to say, woohoo! Live, baby! <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.